Yes, coming in hot with episode 45 of the Football Played on Paper podcast. I'm Sean and I'm joined by a man who is fresh off getting his Champions 2021 tattoo for the Europa League. Jobber, how are you, mate? <laughs> yeah, good. Europa League, mate. We're going all the way. The Foxes are out. The boys are up for it. Um, Jeff uh, Slavia made a mess of that, didn't they? Carried on a bit. We'll cover that soon. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Look, let's get straight into it. So, what's the flavour of the pod this week? Um, Champions League review up first. Then we're into the, the B League or the Europa League, as some people call it. Um, then we're into the Premier League preview, which is good. And we've also got uh, Roger, who's just fired me his multi. So, we are fully loaded and ready to go. So, let's do it. Champions League review. What's our first game? Yeah, so just quickly want to shout out to Amex too for presenting the EPL preview um, before we get on to it. But we're getting the UCL review. So Atletico Madrid, nil, Chelsea won a Tuchel masterclass against Simeone. What did you make of this one? Mm, well, I thought that he made a couple of uh, selections which uh, threw me off a little bit. So he's gone with a back three. He left Kante out. Um, he's left Chua Chilwell out again. Um, Hakim Zayech is out again. Um, all those sort of seem to be a little bit out of favour with Tuchel. Um, and he's also gone with two up front um, with Giroud and Werner. So I think that threw me from the start. Um, but I thought Chelsea did rather well. And to get a result away from home against Atletico, I think was a you know a perfect scenario for them going into the second leg. Were you a little bit put out by the ambition of Atletico at home? Yeah, kind of, kind of. I suppose we know we know what we're going to get with Atletico. Um, it's going to be pragmatic. It's going to be trying to hit them on the counter. But I think I think they could have done a little bit more. Um, they actually failed to register a single shot on target throughout the duration of the game, which is even like that's low even for them, isn't it? Yeah, obviously they were going to sit in and I think a few people who, um, you know, just see Atletico from afar sort of picture them um, to be very different. But, yeah, the, that's essentially how they play, isn't it? They tuck in, um, try and hit teams on, on the break um, and they're very tight at the back. But obviously leaked that goal. Not a lot from Suarez. I think he got in a, a little bit of a, a scuffle here and there, which is probably the, his most notable contribution to the game. Um, I think it was Rudiger. Um, Suarez and Rudiger were sort yeah. of at each other's throats early. Um, but yeah, let's go to the goal, Ollie's goal that um, separated the two teams. Yeah, so um, I saw this live and um, I was absolutely steaming. So I'm like, Chelsea have got away with one here. That's obviously offside. Um, so then around the middle of the day, I actually saw an angle on the camera that showed me that it was quite clearly sort of set up for Giroud to volley home. Um but VAR to the rescue for Oli Giroud and a legitimate goal stood. Yeah. You and I have been um, very critical of VAR so so far this season and I think fairly so. But this is probably one of the instances where they took their time and got it right. So, yeah, I think it's probably a tick for VAR. The only thing is it just took so long to come back. Like. Yeah, it just it takes too long. I appreciate they got the right answer in the end, but the time it took was um, too much for me. Yeah. But what a finish by Oli Giroud! I think he seems to start a lot of the um, European games for Chelsea and does rather well. So I'm surprised he doesn't start more in the Premier League because um, his returns are rather good. Yeah, I wonder if that's a stylistic thing, as in like the style of football played on the continent is slightly different to the frenetic pace of the Champions League. So potentially he's better suited to playing in these European Cup competitions. 
Yeah, that's a good shout. I probably agree with that. Um, But look, on the other side of the coin, I was really disappointed with the front three of Atletico. I know they didn't have many chances and no shots, but the response after the Giroud goal, I thought was almost non-existent from Atletico. Like, I thought that would have been a spur to do a little bit more. Um, But Suarez and Felix, like, I was really disappointed with Jao Felix. He just didn't produce anything, but he was starved of possession. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? When when you're at home and you go behind 1-0... I mean, if you push forward to try and sort of rectify that situation and you get caught again, yeah, that's two away go two away goals and it's getting um, rather difficult to spin that around. Whereas I suppose if you go away to um, Chelsea um, and can get get a couple of goals, I think that way you can um, spin the tie around. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a difficult one, but I appreciate there wasn't – a lot of ambition from Atletico. So who are you leaning towards um, to go through? So at the start of this, I had Atletico going through, but I think just given the away goal and the Chelsea um, win, I think you've probably got to lean towards Chelsea, don't you? I'm going to stick to my guns here and I'm going to say Atletico is still going to go through. See, they can spin it. Yeah, I think I think they can. They need to pinch one early-ish, I think, just to get the scores level. Because obviously, that away goal is quite important. Um, they need to pinch one early, and then I think they'll their experience in European Cup competitions will will come through. Because um, they normally only get knocked out by Cristiano Ronaldo. All right, so you're sticking with Atletico, and I'm flipping and flopping over to uh, Chelsea. Yeah, all right, stick to my gun. So let's go through to um, the next tie, which was. Much more comprehensive. So Bayern Munich 4, Lazio 1. Were Bayern that good or were Lazio that bad? Oh, I think it's a nice combination of both. I think oh, this is the game I watched because um, this was on the same time. So, yeah, I watched this one and the gap between the two teams was just huge. Like you're talking about levels to um, levels to this game and there is levels between these two two sides. I had Bayern going in and I just didn't realise the gap was going to be so big. One thing I do need to cover is the state of uh, Pepe Reina. Um, <laughs> did you catch him at all? <laughs> no, I didn't I didn't see oh, him, but mate. I know he's renowned for being a cheerleader. Oh, yeah. So I'll give you a quick update. Um, he's got probably fatter. <laughs> and when I say probably, he has got fatter. Um, he's definitely got balder and he's gone the full shaved head with a little goatee moustache, half-eaten dog hanging out the front of you in the top look. <laughs> About him. Not in good, Nick. Has not aged well. Um, as you mentioned there, he's more of a cheerleader than a goalkeeper, but um, Lazio seemed to have found a spot for him. And some of his footwork, I think, for probably the first goal, um, which was the back pass that was left short, and I think the second goal, um, yeah, needed needed work. But let's cover that first goal. All right, so you're nine minutes into a clash against potentially the best team in the world. You're a manager, right? What are, you, what are you thinking in the first sort of 5, 10, 15 minutes in this game? Like if I'm the manager of Lazio, I'm thinking don't do anything stupid. Keep it tight. Keep you it can't tight. win the game in the first 15, yeah. but you can lose it in the first 15. If you're not sure, lump it. Let's um, move them up the field. Stay safe. Let's earn the right to play, those type of things. Yeah, so you're, think, you're thinking, yeah, love it. Or even just, you know, put it out, reset, whatever, get your shape back. Wrong. Masaccio plays the back pass to the, as you said, very fit Pepe Reina, and it's a bit short. And it didn't even need to be that short because Robert Lewandowski was pretty much already standing there. Um, so ball rolls back into right back into the box. Lewandowski rounds Pepe Reina, tucks it home, 1-0 by, and Lazio at this stage just are not helping themselves. 
Nah, tough start. And as the back pass, do you want to leave short um, to someone? It's probably not Rayner. And if you want to get a striker on the end of it, it's probably not Lewandowski. <laughs> Honestly, you couldn't you couldn't think of anyone worse. But so they're 1-0 by and, um, and they're cruising at this point. And then a nice bit of football to open up some space for second goal for Musiala, just 17 years of age. And he touched 17. it up. Yeah, 17 years of age, a nice finish. I would have liked to see Rainer's footwork be a little bit better um, for this goal, but still a decent finish. Interestingly, this week, um, he has previously played games for the England youth teams, and this week he declared that he will be playing for the German national team, not the English national team. And is it true that you were calling him a coward because he didn't want to go up against Jack Grealish? <laughs> no, um, so I'm, I'm, the, I'm the opposite. Mount. No? Oh, you get Mount spot. But if I'm Moosey and I'm looking at the – I'm going, oh, can I take Phil Foden's spot? Can I take <laughs> Jack Grealish's spot? Not in this sort of form. Um, can I take Kai Havertz's spot? Yeah, absolutely. Um, probably probably fairly straightforward, to be honest. I don't have to do too much. Just have to make the team and play competently. Um, but, look, nice finish from him. But I think the important thing about this second goal was the press from Bayern to win the ball back. It's just ferocious, isn't it? Without well, that- the ball, they're just outstanding. On that, level. Was, that was what was supposed to get them um, undone last year um, in terms of the, the Champions League. Their press was too aggressive and they were going to get in behind, but the, their press is what made them great. So, yeah, good yeah. to see them carrying on with that. So, Musiala tucks it. He's free on top of the box, puts into the corner. As you said, Pepe Reina, a little bit slow to react, but you can live with that. So, then the third goal um, is a Leroy Sane tap-in. So, this one was preceded by a very comical... Um, series of events where two Lazio defenders in their own half run into each other and the ball falls to a sprinting Kingsley Coman who is then in probably 50 yards of space. Um, he cuts in, has a shot, it's saved, but Leroy Sane backs up and he's completely unmarked follow-up and just taps it home. Are, are you happy with this situation from Lazio? Uh, I don't think so. I think, again, if They've sort of finished that half in that goal coming in the 41st minute. They finished that half, how they started it, um, a little bit comical and not doing themselves any favours at home to bind. But the on the other side of halftime, um, let's talk about their own goal. So I think that own goal, that's one where it's like zipped across the six-yard box um, and the defender's sort of facing the other way back towards his goal and you're damned if you do touch it and you're damned if you don't really because if you step over, it'll get tapped in. So... Not a lot I don't think could be done about the so, uh, fourth and final. I've got a chance here now to um, have a bit of a do-over. And I, I, my real problem with this one was from the corner, the original corner that Lazio won, why were they so high? Like Sane got in behind so easily. There was two defenders from Lazio that were probably five, maybe ten yards within their own half. Like, sorry, within the attacking half, which left Sane all that space to run into. And Sane, like... If Sane's level with the person, he's always going to be faster. Um, but, like, I don't know why they didn't give themselves some depth. They probably see the tie slipping at this point, don't they? And oh, it slipped. My something. God. <laughs> you got to do something about it. Yeah. yeah but th- yeah. That, that's that's what happens. Like, you, you could press forward and they'll get in behind you. So, But if you step back, they'll just play, um, try and play straight through you, which is what they had been doing. So. Yeah. Okay. So then you mentioned off air. So we got a comical own goal. And then you mentioned Lazio have given themselves hope. 49th minute. Joaquin Correa tucks it home, and now they're back in it. Joaquin Correa. Um, yeah, I don't think they're back in it, but nice to see them um, get a consolation goal. Nice nice finish, to be fair. Um, and I think I had Bayern at 
going through at the start of this tie and after the first leg, I don't think as anything has changed and I think some betting agencies will be cashing out. So last question on this one, are Lazio going to go for it in the second leg or would you be, would the back of your mind have that Barcelona result from last year and be like, let's go out and let's lose with dignity or is it let's actually try and win this and potentially get, you know, absolutely battered? No, I, I think initially yeah, if you're Lazio, you have to go there um, and really go for it, really get on the front foot and see if you can turn the tie nice and early. But if things go badly, then I think you tuck in and, and just go to back to damage limitation. Yeah. What do you do if you're Lazio? I think you ought to go for it. You have to. Like you, you're out regardless. Um, there's no point saving face here. I think they're, they're not doing great in the league either. So like their Champions League for next year is up in the air. I think they're about about sixth or seventh in the league. Sixth, I'm just checking that now. So like they're not confirmed to be in the Champions League next year. So you might as well just go for it. So a good season from um, Inzaghi or not as manager? No, not good enough. I had them pipped to be pushing for the league title. Um, Champions League's nice, but I think they've dropped off. They were very entertaining last year and a much better side, and they just seem to have dropped off. So not a good year. All right. Well, let's go on to the next fixture, which is um, Atalanta at home to Real Madrid. Atalanta nil, Real Madrid one. And um, you were rather happy with this red card. <laughs> oh, don't you dare. I am absolutely steaming about this red card. So I have a number of issues with this red card, and I'm going to go through all of them in detail. So the first one is he's not technically the last man. The last man is the left back, who is probably 20 yards away, but he's not the last man. So you can't you can't say, oh, it's a last man challenge. It wasn't even a last man challenge. Granted, he had to make some space up. Second point I have on that is like the tackle itself isn't a red card, so you can't say, oh, it's a red card. It was a dangerous tackle. It wasn't that bad. And my third and final thing is because that left back's coming across, like there's no way that's a clear and obvious chance. Like there's every chance that he might get across and like it's not going to be absolutely no-brainer he's going to score. And then the referee has his hand in his pocket before he's like, I'm not going, oh, I'm not going to consult VAR. He's already made his mind up. And he doesn't consult VAR. He doesn't – like he has no awareness. The referee's looking straight at the ball, what's going on in front of him, and has no awareness of the game that's going on around him. I think he absolutely got this wrong, and I think Atalanta were absolutely robbed in this fixture. Oh, geez, strong words. I don't know if he got robbed um, or if he got it exactly wrong. I think you'll probably put it down as being rather harsh. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't go as far as saying that. But uh, um, after, um, was it Fuller who got sent off? I think it was, yeah. Um, I didn't have as big an impact on the game as what I thought, actually. I thought. Well, uh, I thought, I thought up to the red card, Atalanta were, yeah, but Atalanta were building to a good performance. Like, they were looking the better of the two teams um, in that early part. And, like, Zapatar was giving them a bit to think about. And, like, I felt like they were going to be the better team. But then the referee just ruined the game. Yeah, as I said, I don't think it had a bigger impact on the game. It's what I thought it would. Um, I thought, yeah, Real Madrid would sort of run on the top of them. But, I mean, they dominated the ball from there and Atalanta tried to punt break a little bit more so um, still had strung some nice um, bits of play together Atalanta but um, then Mendy pops up with a I don't know if you'd call it a what you call it some sort of a back pass that made its way in or you didn't yeah. seem to hit it that hard yeah I was reading reports where people saying oh it's a stunner but um, when I watched it live I was like it's just sort of a pass in the back end it was a good bit of invention from Real Madrid um, obviously they need to do something because there's no Hazard no Benzema 
Um, no Ramosh, so they're missing a few. But um, a nice finish from Furland Mendy on his weaker foot, um, and that sort of won the tie for them. It was one of those ones where, as he strikes it, you can tell tell that he's left footed. <laughs> yeah, he didn't look as comfortable. He strikes it on his right. He didn't look comfortable. And um, did you see Zidane's reaction to Zidane was just sort of like on the sideline, chuckling that I can't believe he's just scored that. So no, I think he's like, I can't believe we got away with this one. Thank God for the refereeing decisions. Um, so I had Real Madrid at the start of this um, tie, and I don't think anything has changed for me. If anything, it's probably got it even harder for Atalanta. What do you think? Mm, very difficult for Atalanta from here, but I just, as you said, I don't think that the red card changed the game as much as it should have. I actually think Atalanta are going to turn this around and go through. Oh. At <laughs> Real, Madrid, Real Madrid had 71 minutes to do more, and they... They got one goal, and I, like they didn't even create like a, a raft of chances as they should against ten men. Like we've seen what good teams can do against ten men. Think Southampton versus Manchester United, but they they weren't able to break Atalanta down. I wasn't impressed with their performance. I know they're missing a few, but um, I think Atalanta, with a full complement, can turn this around. Mm, interesting. No, I've got risky, isn't it? Yeah, I'm a brave man. No, you're not really. Um, all right, so let's go into the final fixture. Mucha and back at home to Man City. Got dominated, really. Man City come away with a uh, 2-0 away win. Yeah, no real surprise here, was it? Uh, the one, like, one thing that I was, I know we expect to see to win. They did. Dominated possession. Excellent. The cross for the first goal, like, I could have scored that. That was ridiculous. Like, it basically mm. hit him. If he was standing there and hit him, it would have gone in anyway. Like Cancelo's at the top of his game right now, isn't he? Yeah, which is a bit unusual that um, sort of Pep struggled in that left back spot, but now he seems to have found a right footer who uh, yeah. who plays that role rather well, and he steps into midfield. Like you know how Pep has the um, sometimes has the centre back step in or the the wing backs um, step in. He does that well because he's right footed. And I think some of his deliveries are, yeah, those dink balls in, um, which really was the result of both the goals. Cancelo dinked that in for um, Silva to head across the goal. And then the next one, I think he dinked it across. Was it Silva again who then headed it back to Jesus for the the second goal? So it's sort of both both the avenue to goal for um, Man City. 13 in a row in all competitions. Yeah, they're absolutely flying right now. I think... Like them and Bayern Munich, I think, have to be the favourites. I think probably Bayern slightly edge it, but City are not far behind. So after the second legs, do they go back into a pot for a draw or is it a bracket now? Not sure. I think it. I think it's a pot, pot, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So you'd hope that Man City and Bayern don't meet until late on. Uh, I hope they do so Bayern can knock them out so City can't win. <laughs> Just get it done early, just to like put my mind at ease. Because Liverpool obviously out, great news. Um, <laughs> uh, Leipzig will do the job on them next week, but um, yeah, just need City out of the competition as well. So um, City to go through in the in the second leg, you would think um, for me. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah, I think they'll they'll go through and they probably won't concede either. So um, yeah, that's the full round of uh, sixteen done in the um, Champions League, and we move to second legs um, the following in March, early March. Yeah, we've got two week break, and then we'll go into the second legs. So that'll be good stuff. All right, let's move on to the B League then. Um, I know you've you've got a lot of games to cover here, so um, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it before everyone falls asleep. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, whip through them. So Tottenham four, Wolfsburger nil. Did you see Deli Alley's bike? I did see Deli Alley's bike, and um, I saw his nice little assist for Gareth Bale, and that was a hell of a finish from Bale as well. Yeah, Gareth um, Bale against these Austrian mid-table teams. Oh, wow, so that, that's my question to you. Is it is Dali Ali um, sort of finding some form? Is Bale finding some form? Or are they more just like flat track bullies just beating up on, as you say, lower tier teams in the Europa? Flat track bullies. Like the uh, <laughs> Wolfsburger. No, Wolfsburger are not a good side. And we've seen in the Premier League, Gareth just doesn't look up to the pace, to be honest. And Dali like yeah, but- Ali, we just don't know because he can't play. But what about that finish from Bale? That little slip pass from Daly, and then um, Bale was really that into the top corner. Yeah, he's, he's a training ground player, isn't he, Bale? Oh, that that was a training run for them. All right, so next one, Napoli 2, Granada 1. So Napoli knocked out. That was a bit of a surprise. It was a bit of a surprise, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and you, you've got a soft spot for Napoli too. Yeah, I do. Obviously, um, former club of Maradona, but... Um, just not at the races at all in this fixture. So they're out at the hands of Granada. Gattuso, a chop or not? Uh, don't think so. But they're not like they're not great in the league either, sitting seventh. So they're not competing for the title. It's I don't think he gets a chop, but it's a disappointing season for him. And you know he won't handle that well. <laughs> I think he will handle it, and but he'll just pass it on to the players. Oh, yeah, someone's going to get a right hook in the change rooms. So next one is Rangers 5, Antwerp 2, Rangers through 9-5 on aggregate. Are Rangers favourites? I wouldn't call them favourites, but they are looking rather good. Um, and some of the stuff they played against Antwerp in this um, in this fixture was uh, really, really nice too. So carve some of the teams up. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go back to Rangers in a minute because I've got some details there. But so Ooh. next one is Arsenal 3, Benfica 2. Aubameyang continuing his fantastic season by pinching the winner late on here. Yeah. That's tongue-in-cheek, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a bit underwhelming from Arsenal. I thought uh, just they're just their defending is just so bad. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, they just. What do you say about Arsenal in this competition? They they've snuck through against Benfica, um, and I just can't see them getting much further. I think once they get matched up to um, another team in the round of sixteen, I think they'll find it a little bit more difficult. Do we need to talk about the the free kick though from Benfica? Yeah, and uh, actually, we should talk about the. Um the Danny Savaios assist for Rafa too for Benfica's second goal. Oh, circus. <laughs> Just nods it back to him. That was brilliant. No, but uh, stunning freak. I think it's gone. Is it gone? I'm going to struggle to say this. I think it's Gonsalves. Um, do. Free kick on top of the box. Absolutely lashed at home. Brilliant strike. Um, not much you can do about that. But yeah, the tour. So Danny, Danny Savas actually conceded that free kick too. Tough, tough day for him. But oh, what do Arsenal do? Like they're not going to make the the top four. You wouldn't think at at this stage. So if they want any hope at the Champions League, they've really got to go all in on on the Europa League, don't they? So if you're Arteta, do you start throwing resources at at this um at this competition and potentially play your better your better team um, midweek? Yeah, I think <laughs> I don't know. I sort of think you're looking at it. Um, what they put out was their best team. Um, yeah, but they do. They do need to push for this competition because it is their path into the Champions League. Um, otherwise, they're like actually it might even be their path into Europe at all. Because right now they're 11. Mm. That doesn't even get you into the Europa League. So if they want to play Champions League next year, they need to win the Europa League. So I yeah. think he's got to focus on it. 
Oh, I, th- I think so too. That, that's probably the play because I can't see them getting um, getting too close to um, the the Champions League spots at least, and their outside chance on the Europa League spots as well. I think he needs to rest Saka in the league. Get, mm. get him, get him on ice on the weekends, and just see if he can get you through. All right, let's cover the foxes, mate. All right, let's get to it. So Leicester City nil, Slavia Prague. So that is Slavia Prague. If you haven't heard from them, Prague's the capital of the Czech Republic, um, and Leicester is a small town in the what is it, Midlands of England. So Leicester yeah. are out and with a whimper too. And you're not happy with the way Slavia celebrated, but I'll tell you the easiest way to stop them from celebrating. Don't let them beat you at home. Yeah, but I mean, it just a lot's made of this. I think Leicester they rotated their um, their team, made a lot of changes. Um, Madison um, out injured, um, and I don't know Ch- um, Chowdhury played. Um, Unda played for Leicester. Yeah, I just I appreciate Leicester didn't throw all their resources at at this. So I just think Slavia just carried on a bit. The manager, um, Jindrich Tripoloski, said at the end of the game, the difference between the teams is incredible. It's a sporting miracle. I would compare us winning here to Leicester winning the league. I yeah, mean, right. come cool. on, Slavia. Oh, yeah, so Leicester still fielded Evans, Soyonchu, Indeedy, Tielemans, Vardy in this team, um, and I, I can't help but agree with the manager of Sparta there. I think I think uh, Slavia, sorry, I think it's um I think it's incredible what they've done. I think the way that they shut Leicester City down, like better teams have tried and failed, um, but the way they shut them down over two legs. So Leicester scoreless over two legs, like with Jamie Vardy up top. That's just not good enough from the Foxes. And we've talked about Brendan Rodgers potentially being the, the manager of the season, but like this is a, out with an absolute whimper. Yeah, well, Jamie didn't play in the first – or didn't start in the first leg. So, um, yeah, I think that would obviously make it difficult for him to score um, in, in the first leg. But, yeah, I'm, I appreciate it. it's an underwhelming performance at home, but I think it could be a blessing in disguise. Gives Leicester a chance to focus on the league and and taking that extra step into into the Champions League, um, rather than sort of yeah trying to win the um, Europa League because I think that the chances of that um, are rather slim. Whereas I think yeah what they should fully focus on really is getting into that top four, and then now they're in the uh, top four race with teams that are still playing midweek. So, yeah, I think it's probably a blessing in disguise for Leicester and not all that's lost. And I think the carrying on at the end of the game by Prague and the FaceTiming of uh, Suchek um, from West Ham on the ground and the crying on the ground was probably a little bit too much for the round of 32. Yeah, so I'm, I'm completely against everything you just said, so I, I would FaceTime Suchek as well. I think Leicester City needed a mentality shift. Because if you want to be a big club, you have to be able to compete on a couple of fronts. So um, very disappointing for Leicester City, but great news for Slavia. First win on English soil, first time they beat in a Premier League club. Great news for them. Next fixture, Milan won, and I am going to get this wrong again. Shavija won. Milan threw 3-3 on away goals. That is not good enough for a side of AC Milan's history. Um, But they're through... Are you happy with them going through, or are they a bit underwhelming as well? 
Oh, that were a bit underwhelming, but I'm not sure they played a full-strength team either. So, yeah, I think they're just happy to, to get through, tick it off, and I think they're what they're really chasing is the Serie A title. So, um, yeah, that makes sense that they, they played a weekend team um, and did enough to, to get through. Uh, they were shot on the weekend as well against the Inter, so I'm a bit worried about them. But the good news is I'm worried about them because their form slumped, but what's the, what's the next round of fixtures? I don't know. You tell me. What about so, Manchester United? We're not going to cover them. Nah, don't need to. Manchester United nil. Sociedad nil. That was one oh, of the first legs. Snooze fest. Absolutely. What about the um, penalty? The miss pen? Uh, wasn't relevant. <laughs> Dan, Dan, James, Dan James gives away a pen, <laughs> and this is one of the worst pens you've seen in your life. Go back and watch it. But yeah, Manchester United through. Next round of fixtures. So I'll read them out and you give me a quick tip. Just give me your first feel. We won't lock you into this, but just give us your Manchester first United. feel. Manchester oh, United. Ajax, Ajax at home young to young boys. Ajax. Yeah, comfortably. Ajax at home to young boys. Yeah, definitely Ajax. Um, Dynamo at home to Villarreal. Oh, Dynamo. Roma, Shakhtar. Shakhtar. Olympiacos, Arsenal. <laughs> oh. Arsenal are bad. Um, I think Arsenal probably still should be able to beat a Greek Super League team. Arsenal. Dinamo, Chelsea. Uh, sorry, Dinamo, Tottenham. So this is Dinamo, Zagreb from Croatia. I think Tottenham yes. should be able to get the job done here. Yes, Spurs will get it done. United Milan. United. Slavia Prague Rangers. So this is what I wanted to get to. So one blue team from Britain did get through and they go to Slavia. I think Slavia is going to win this one. I think they're going to keep their record against British opposition alive for this season. Rangers for me. Uh, Granada Mood. How did Mulder get through? This is the team that – so Ole Gunnar must have missed a beat here because that was the team he used to manage and he didn't have this much success with him. But I think they'll go out here at the hands of Granada. 2-0 win against Hoffenheim in, in uh, M1-5-3, yeah. Unbelievable result. All right. So that is the round of 16 that we have to look forward to. We'll chop that up if we have to, I suppose. Um in the coming weeks. But let's get on to the back to the Premier League where everyone wants to be. And let's have a look at the first fixture there. We have Man City at home to West Ham. This is a juicy one. First versus fourth. Two of the best young managers in Europe in Guardiola and Moyes. Ah, you think City have to continue their winning streak, but I think West Ham are going to make it hard for them. What do you think? Um... I think I probably disagree. I think as good as West Ham have been, I think there's levels to this and I think they're about to find out about these levels and I think Man City will will beat them comfortably. Um, Ake is the only injured player at Manchester City now. So will Kevin De Bruyne be back? And if he is available, do you sort of rush him back into the team or just drip feed him in considering how well City are going? Yeah, I think you can drip feed him in because, as I said, they're playing such good football and they seem to be very well balanced right now. And bringing a player in like Kevin De Bruyne always is going to improve you. But, um, yeah, I think you can you can afford to drip feed him back in until he's 100% ready. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't think he'll oh, – will he start on the weekend? 
maybe, but I don't, I don't think they need to. I think they're in a pretty good position. But obviously, West Ham's hopes all rest on Mikel Antonio. He come he come off the bench, um, Kevin De Bruyne um, midweek. So yeah, I, I feel as though he might come off the bench. And yeah, the hopes do rest on Antonio. Um, and I think Man City should be able to keep another clean sheet. Six clean sheets in a row at home now for City. And some a reporter this week asked Guardiola, um, can you explain how you've won the last 19 in a row? And I'm expecting something philosophical here from Guardiola about how he tucks his um, wing backs into centre midfield, pushes the midfield on or something like that. No, he comes back with, we have a lot of money to buy incredible players. Simple. At least he's honest now. Yeah, thank God. I'm sick of all his lies. But no, he's right. They do have a bunch of incredible players. And he, it, like I think that's probably um, a bit underrated as you have to sort of put all these wonderful players together in a coherent system. And it can appear easy, but, you know, we've certainly seen people butcher it in the past. Um, but right now they're just – like they're like Liverpool last year. They're just on another level. Yeah, uh, just, they're a bit it. robotic, aren't they? They are, yeah. And I, I don't know how you're going to disrupt them because right now they seem to be able to do everything well. Um, okay, and it'll be interesting here because um, you've got the sort of top group of, of teams playing each other. So this is um, first v fourth, and we also have um, two versus five too. So the, the top four should sort of start to really um, lock itself down over the next couple of weeks, I would think. Yeah, this this season's a bit unpredictable, but it should be interesting. So let's move on to give us a quick tip. West Brom versus Brighton. Who do you like in this one? Um, I think I like Brighton in this. I think they'll be too good. Um, Lamptey is set to return for Brighton, which should give them a big boost. And Snodgrass is out for West Brom. So I'm probably going to lean towards Brighton to get it done, which doesn't read well for West Brom and their survival hopes. Who are you leaning towards? Yeah, so um, West Brom really missed a beat last week, in my opinion. Um, they should have won that game, even with 10 men. But I think, yeah, I think Brighton have been playing good football lately and they seem to be getting the results that their football has deserved. So I think they'll well, Brighton will get the job done here. All right, next one um, is Leeds at home to Villa. What do you think? I remember earlier in the season getting particularly excited about this fixture. I don't know why, but... Um, this one is nigh on impossible to call. Are there two more patchy teams in the Premier League right now than these two? Yeah. No, it's a tough one to call for sure. Um, oh, no Jack Grealish for Aston Villa, which has me leaning towards Leeds. Yeah, oh, that's all the convincing I need as well. Um, but I just don't know what Leeds United are going to turn up. So Villa in the last couple of weeks, so they've had a loss to Leicester City, nil all draw with Brighton, they beat Arsenal, they lost to West Ham. They beat Southampton. They lost to Burnley. <laughs> they beat Newcastle. Lost to City. Like it's just it seems to be win loss win loss. And Leeds are very much the same. Um, but Leeds Leeds were quite impressive last week in dismantling Southampton. So I think I'm going to go with Leeds as well. All right, we agree on that one. All right, let's go on to Newcastle at home to Wolves. Who have you got in this? Wolves. One? No, no further response needed. Newcastle is shot. Yeah, right. Wolves won their last two in a row. Um, for that reason, I think they'll beat New Newcastle. And I think Wolves sort of have to win 
um, against Newcastle because they play City next. So, yeah, if they want some points over the next couple of games, this is the game to do it in. I read a stat this week. Um, Wilson has scored three times as many goals as the next best goal scorer at Newcastle, St. Maxima, and he has scored five times as many as Joel Linton this season. This sounds like a riddle. Like, <laughs> do, I have to, do, I have to try, do I have to try and work out the number? Like, no. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's, so the number's fifteen. So he scored fifteen oh, goals. I was like, oh, um, shit, Maximus scored five, and he, which, he, and his next best, and Jolinton's only scored three. Yeah. Okay. So I thought this was like if someone had fifteen goals and you took three goals and one was on the floor type scenario. But yeah, I, I'm not surprised by that because I, I, having watched Joel Linton, um, three seems like a fairly good return for him to be honest. Um, fifteen. Obviously, Wilson is Wilson still injured, but is the big question. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's coming back for for this game. Oh, Jesus, they need him. They need him so badly. Um, but all right, let's move on. So I've got this one highlighted. So Crystal Palace versus Fulham. Who do you like in this one? And this this one, I think, is very, very important because Palace have been patchy. They've won three out of the last five, but have been fairly unconvincing. If Fulham win this and Newcastle lose, they're level on points. Fulham will win this game. No Zaha for Palace. So I think that has me leaning towards Fulham um, as well as the form lines of both teams. Fulham um, have won more games recently than – or sorry, have won as many games recently as they have all season. So they've never been in better form. No Zaha for Palace. So I've got Fulham. Fulham have had 10 draws this year. 10 draws. Like if they could just turn a couple of those into wins, they wouldn't be in this spot. Like, I know it's very obvious, but, like, it just seems like so many for a team in that relegation spot. Yeah. Like, they're competing in a lot of these games. Like, they're not getting blown away like West Brom and Sheffield United. Yeah, um, yeah so I think I think they'll win this game. I think having Wolf Zaha out is massive, and it's such a shot in the arm for Fulham to have Zaha not playing. And I've said in the last couple of weeks, Fulham are getting better, and they really seem to be up for the fight. So I think by the end of the weekend, They'll be level on points with Newcastle, and they do have a better goal difference. So if you're a Toon fan and you're listening, Ido, um, Newcastle are on the, on the way down the Pompey Highway. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, if if those two tips come through from yourself um, and myself, I've tipped Wolves and we've both um, tipped Fulham. So there you go. Those teams will swap over and we'll see Newcastle in the relegation zone by the end of the week. Oh, tough. Big club going down. So the next one is the Europa League heroes of Arsenal taking on the Europa League zeros of Leicester City. Who do you like in this one? Is it going to be the Saka show or is Madison going to be back on deck to save Leicester City? Yeah, so Madison's a 50-50 at this point. He's got a, a bit of a hip injury, so um, I'm not sure if he's starting yet. So he's got a couple of days to see if he can get him back. But, yeah, I think Leicester really need him back for that creativity. Um so it'd be great to have him back in the team. So Vardy's been rather quiet recently as well, which you mentioned at the start of the pod. Um, and Arsenal have been putting along sort of okay, um, more so in this second half of the season, which means that Vardy's probably going to score a hat-trick at this point. <laughs> oh, my God, he scores so many goals against Arsenal. He just mugs them off all the time. If you wind your mind back to the last game, that last little header, a little dink ball in from um, Under. And, and Vardy to score late on to break Arsenal hearts. So, yeah, I think we're going to get we're going to see Leicester win, and we're going to see a Vardy goal. 
Four Leicester win and a Vardy goal. So look, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually go the other way here. I think Arsenal are going to turn around, and I think Arsenal are going to win this game. So Arsenal currently in eleventh, and a win here I think confirms their status in the Premier League for next season because that gets them up to thirty-seven points. Um, so that's a successful year for Arteta, kept them in the Premier League. Thirty-seven keeps you up, does it? Yeah, I think I think it's going to be enough this year. I think it'll be enough this year. Um, so Arsenal. Um, you just can't get a read on them either. They've had a couple of impressive performances the last couple of weeks. Um, getting through the Europa League should be a good confidence boost for them. And Leicester City, I think, were very unimpressive during the week. And I think Arsenal could pull off an upset here on the back of Saka. Um, Arsenal are in their worst scoring season in 10 years. Really? Worst That's return a hell of a stat. Years. I know. That's worrying for Arsenal fans, isn't it? It is. But they're staying up, mate. Eh? He's done it. But yeah, look, it, it's. I know Jamie Vardy does love playing against Arsenal too, so I don't mind the shout for that. But I, I was just so unhappy with Leicester on Friday that um, I just can't back him this weekend. All right. Um, Spurs at home to Burnley in the next fixture. What are your thoughts on Burnley languishing in 15th and Spurs sort of in mid-table obscurity in ninth. Yeah, so this is the Spurs shouldn't be where they are and Burnley should be exactly where they are. So um I think Spurs should have too much quality for them. They should. But geez, they have been awful in the last couple of weeks, haven't they? Well, in the in the Prem they have. They've been doing rather well in the Europa League. I'd love to see a bit more of Daly or um Gareth. Yeah. Um, I don't think you will. Yeah, but if they can beat if they can beat up a, um, a Eastern European team um, coming out of the Europa League, surely they can do it to Burnley. Surely, um, Serge Aurier is back for. That's good um, news for Burnley. For, for Spurs, <laughs> which I should say is probably good news for for Burn, Burnley and Chris Wood. Um, oh, will be he'll back. be up for it. He'll be up for it. Jay Rodriguez. Also back for Burnley. Um, but based on that, I'm still leaning towards um, Spurs. I just Surely they've got too much in the locker for Burnley, surely. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. So Spurs should get away with this one. So let's move on to the fixture of the weekend. Absolute hum- humding here. So um, Manchester United versus Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Who do you like in this one? This is a tough one. I think this is a real challenge for both teams. I think it's a real marker for where both of them will finish at the end of the end of the week. Um, it's big for the top four, this fixture as well, isn't it? Now, I think it'll become a little bit clearer, as I mentioned, first v. fourth um, with City and West Ham, and this is second v. fifth. Oh, given the form, I think I'm just going to lean towards Chelsea. I think they're just going to have too much in it for them. Um but I wouldn't be surprised if we see a draw here either. Um, but I think, yeah, I think I'm going to go Chelsea. Go Chelsea. Yeah, okay. All right, so Manchester United coming in one, two out of the last five um, with three draws in there. Chelsea uh, have won four out of the last five but had a very disappointing result last week against Southampton who tended to sit off. I think Manchester United are going to sit off in this one because that's where they tend to play their best football. Um, and I actually think that Chelsea are going to feel the pressure here and Manchester United are going to pinch one on the break and win it. Uh, Manchester United will welcome back Cavani. Donny van der Beek will take up his spot on the bench and Scott McTominay will come in. I think he'll start. Paul Pogba's still absent, but mm. 
I think Manchester United are going to benefit from having Chelsea come on to them and we'll hit them on the counter because I think that works out much better. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, Tommy Tuchel does um, dress-wise as well. As, as I said, he might go back to the, the club shop, um, yeah. pick himself up some new new clobber and, um, and roll that out. So we'll see how, how he looks. Yeah, if you watch the game live, do yourself a favour and just take a note of how much Tuchel actually coaches compared to Ollie. Um, I think it's a really interesting perspective. Tuchel seems to be very active on the touchline, like like your Klops, where he's very active, very involved. Ollie's more of a sit back and um, hope the team manages themselves. Tops and Aaron hope Bruno saves the day. What so is I, on that iPad? Um, Candy Crush. <laughs> so, so he's spent, spent next season transfer budget on it. Yeah. yeah. So he gets usually when he gets up and starts yelling, he's um, yelling at the players, asking if anyone has a charger. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> he needs one of those battery packs. Yeah, so that's why he said the answer. He's like, Martial, that's why he's moping around because he's like, can you grab your charger? And he's like, Ollie, I'm playing. Um, so then he gets upset he's like, I'm trying to help. But yeah, look, so I'm, I'm tipping Manchester United. The other the caveat there is Manchester United or a nil-all draw, so I'm going to try and cover both bases. I yeah, I, I like a draw. I like Chelsea or a draw. So yeah, it's, it seems like this is on a, a, a knife edge here. So but let's go Roger to... gets that later. Who knows? <laughs> Um, yeah, well, we've got Rogers Multi coming up, don't we? Um, so let's go to the two worst form teams in the Premier League: Liverpool away to Sheffield United. Oh, God, you, you, you imagine Liverpool are going to like break the shackles off here, don't you? And really put a few past them. Yeah, well, I've got down here um, just what Liverpool need. A trip to um, Sheffield United. Yeah, they do. Bloody hell, they do. Sheffield United have been awful for long periods, so um, they should be able to should be able to do something. They like and Sheffield United, they've got eleven points, but you're not seeing the dramatic improvement. You need to stay up, and like the performances have been okay without being enough to keep them up. But I think Liverpool should get like Liverpool have lost their last four games. I can't believe that. Oh my god, Sheffield United have eight players ruled out for this encounter against Liverpool. Be, this would be bigger than Slavia Prague beating Leicester City. Like, this would be massive if they get a result here. But Henderson had surgery during the week on his abductor and looks to be out for the rest of the year. So it looks like whoever oh. plays centre-back will be getting injured, judging on history. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Liverpool should win by a few. Um, not heaps, but comfortably enough. What do you think? Liverpool set to play their 19th different combination at centre-back this season as well. <laughs> We've played 25 games. Just play yourself, um, Klopp. <laughs> yeah, I told I told you that the other day, didn't I? Put yeah. Um, no, I, I think, yeah, I think Liverpool have too much, um, at least going forward for Sheffield United. I mean, they're not... They're not the best defensively, Sheffield United, and uh, like for all the troubles Liverpool are having at the back, I think their front three should be okay. There's... Um, there's news that Jotters has been training for the last week or so. So, yeah, I think Liverpool will have too much going forward and we'll probably get it done. Um, but don't be surprised if both teams score um, and Liverpool get it done. Cool, cool. All right, so next one is Everton versus Southampton. So I've highlighted this one because Everton currently in seventh. Again, you just don't know what you're going to get from them. Southampton in 14th, but they did have a good result against Chelsea. Can Southampton turn this around or are Everton finally going to start putting some wins together? No, I've got um, I've got Everton in, in this one. Um, I think that just the the win last week really um, made me realise that sort of 
like not realise, but maybe just a reminder of how good Carlo is as a boss. So he took out Dominic Calvin-Lewin and he took out um, Allen, um, who was in the middle of the park as well. And you're going into a Merseyside derby, you're thinking, geez, if any two players can contribute in a Merseyside derby, Dominic Calvin-Lewin with his um, his height and his power against the, the Liverpool um, centre-backs who aren't centre-backs and Allen for his like how combative he is in the midfield. But he took him out, um, played three at the back, five at some times, and got it done. So, yeah, just a little reminder of how good Carlo is. Um, 1997 since Southampton has beaten Everton. That's a long time in football. Everton, but the only thing here that is, like, everything says Everton should win this game, but their home form has been, like, dreadful. So they've won four out of 12 at home this year, drawn two, lost six, conceded 20 goals. Like, on, on the road, they're just so much better. Yeah, Southampton haven't won in the last five, so I think I'm going to go Everton. Yeah, I feel, I feel oh, just I can't like I all the stats and all the data is saying that, but I just Southampton have to turn this around eventually. Do you know what I mean? Like, it has uh, it has to happen. I think Hassan Hoodle's a good manager. The injuries are starting, players are starting to come back, but yeah, maybe this isn't the week for it. They are falling like an absolute stone. Yeah, but they just they seem to be too good to be doing this, but they are doing exactly that. Like. I don't know. It's it belies prediction. All right. So look, I've been looking forward to this for a number of weeks. So he's been on the sidelines. What's Rogers multi? All right. Let's get into it. I need so to, I need he, to fill the coffers here because he's had a couple of good results and then he's gone AWOL. Yeah, he said that um, he hasn't been writing into the show, but every tip he put down got up. So he's not <laughs> um, so ready, he would say hands, that too. hands or apps ready. So he's going for a five-legger here. Um, ready? Man City to beat West Ham, bit of a banker. Leicester to beat Arsenal. Manchester United to beat Chelsea. Good call, yep. Liverpool to beat Sheffield United. And Everton to beat Southampton. And so that is all five legs. And $10 down um, gets you $33. No, $333 in return. Wow, eh? Not bad, is it? So that, again, is Man City to beat West Ham, Leicester to beat Arsenal, United to beat Chelsea, Liverpool to beat Sheffield United, Everton to beat Southampton, and he's got a couple of notes here. Leicester to bounce back. Man United are good value for an away win and have a good record against Chelsea. He's right, yeah. No, he's, he's right. And they are better on the road. Jeez, he's really put some thought into this. That's good. So that's, that's what he's been doing for the last couple of weeks, building up to this week of fixtures. Yeah, he said he was sober when he did these bets too. So we'll see. <laughs> All right. So I got <laughs> So thanks, Roger. So if you want to get in touch with the show, um, footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com. Um, Facebook is footballplayedonpaper. Instagram at footballplayedonpaper. And uh, Twitter at footballonpods. Very good. All right. Enjoy the football. See ya. All the best. <laughs>